I'm a real supersonic, pass the ball like magic. Sean Kim or Larry Bird, the old school Mavericks. I got basketball cards, gonna sing a little more. I got basketball cards, now enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of my basketball cards. I'm your host, Zaire. Big special shout out to Paris Alexa. She's the person that sings the theme song to our show. Check out our album, Too Real. It's available on all streaming platforms. Yo, before we get into the show, we got a word from our sponsor. When Danny Ferry arrives in Cleveland, it's like big news. He's on the front page of the newspaper, um, front page of the sports section especially. And the media had to wait. Like, it, the, the press conference was delayed hour after hour after hour. I guess they had, like, big contract to sign. And so they had to uh, really, really negotiate down to the final hour, I guess, and make sure the contract was, like, uh, good to NBA standards. And we'll explain that contract in a little bit. But it was June 1st, 1990. And uh, Danny Ferry said, there's only one Larry Bird. Bird is an all-around player, and so am I. Bird is certainly one of the best competitors ever to play the game. I think I can compete too, but Bird is a proven player. Now, if you go back to previous episodes, he is constantly being compared to Larry Bird. He was the college player of the year at Duke um, and in, in Italy. The team that paid him all that money said, hey, here's the next Larry Bird. And some of the scouts that uh, was, was watching him when he was playing in college was giving him that title as well. Um, Bill Levingston, he, he was a reporter in Cleveland and he constantly warned people that maybe, you know, your, your expectations are too lofty if you think Larry Bird or Danny Ferry is the next Larry Bird. But he did say that, um, Danny Ferry's court awareness was like c comparable to, um, Larry Bird's and, uh, Lenny Wilkins, the head coach of the Cavs. He was impressed with Danny Ferry's court awareness, too. He said that's his strongest point. He knows the game. He knows angles and positioning. He can he can get his shot anytime he wants. So Lenny Wilkins is very high on Danny Ferry and, and what he will be able to do. Now, he had said previous um, to him arriving that he believed that Danny Ferry could actually play um, three to play power forward center. Uh, small four and maybe even shooting guard. So he was very high on what Danny Ferry would, um, could potentially do in the NBA. Now there were concerns about Danny Ferry's strength and quickness uh, by the scouts, and people wondered if he'd be fast enough. But they figured, hey, Larry Bird isn't fast. And he figured it out, so they, maybe Danny Ferry can too. Wayne Embry, who was the Cavaliers' general manager at the time and the person that pulled the trigger on the trade. Um, definitely was a person who a lot of fans was kind of giving a side eye to because they knew Ron Harper was a proven player who could put up 20 points a night easily, who could defend very well. He, You didn't have to wait on Ron Harper to develop. And the fans who were paying attention to the reports coming back from Italy uh, weren't always too impressed. Uh, some of those reports were just saying how Danny Ferry was a work in progress. And Wayne Embry um, said that the Cavs actually were not allowed to see him play. And uh, there were times that he said, there were times you become overly anxious. I wanted to go to Italy. I asked Bob, Danny Ferry's father, if he thought it would be okay or all right if I went to see him. 
He said, no, you're too conspicuous. And remember, Danny Ferry did not want his team in Italy to worry about him trying to leave before the season ended, you know, and, and trying to just jump and bolt to the NBA. So that's why he had the Cavs stay away, like we mentioned in previous episodes. Now, at his, at his press conference, they did not discuss the total dollar amount that he received on his contract, but people just, they knew he had to be getting paid a nice sum uh, with him leaving uh, Italy as, as, you know, after one season because the Italian team was willing to commit five years to him if he had chose to stay. Uh, Danny Ferry said, I had a lot of leverage because of the position I was in, but I didn't want to use it too much and uh, take advantage and hurt the team. I want us to be a good team. I think my style of play will fit in well with the Cavs. They're a smart team, and I feel I'm a smart player. I can play a few positions. I'll expect a lot of myself. I've got a great opportunity to play with a contender and help a, and help win a championship. Now, after Wayne Embry's, you know, excitement and um, kind of hype of Danny Ferry when he made the trade, uh, he said at the press conference, we don't look at Danny as a player who will carry the team. We just want him to contribute. We don't expect Danny to be too physical um, or to be the physical player we need and we will continue to look for. And so that was an issue with the Cavs losing um, in the first round to the to the Bulls. Um, and also that, that was in a 1988-89 season. And then they also lost in the 1989-90 season in the first round to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, the Cavs needed a physical rebounder um, to kind of, you know, be more aggressive and mean. You know, they had a, a team full of very good technical um, finesse-type players. Not to say they weren't tough, but they didn't play a bully ball style. They didn't have, like, a mean player. It seemed like everybody was nice on the team. <laughs> and that was the, the, the feeling that people had in the city and around the league, I think. Um, so once again, nobody talked about money at this press conference. Um, David Falk, the agent said it it is a multi-year deal. It is for more than $2 million annually, annually. We certainly didn't take a pay cut. So that was said for the money. And, um, Gordon Gunn, the owner of the Cavs said Danny was fair, but, uh, the agently certain didn't leave certainly didn't leave any money on the table. Um, so yeah, tight-lipped like the Cavaliers always are. But you better believe the word of how much money he's making is about to get out. And when it does, uh, <laughs> um, here's something that Lenny Wilkins said at the press conference. He said, "All I want is for Denny to blend with us. Uh, he did he did play a year in Europe, but." He'll have to go through a lot of things that rookies do. You can't ask Danny to come in here and do everything himself. Uh, Danny Ferry said, there will be a lot of expectations on me and uh, I'll place a lot on myself, but I'll demand most. What I'll demand most is that I work hard. People have the right to expect that. I just don't want to play in the NBA. I want to be a good player in the league and I'll work to become just that. And so just to kind of get a perspective on that, uh, Danny Ferry throughout his career 
just you could tell he really worked as hard as he could to be as good as he could. I remember just seeing him on news um, when the game is over or like it just be like after practice or something. And the um, sports reporter will be talking about the Cavs and their upcoming game. And he might be on site at the Cavs facility. And in the background, you'll see Danny Ferry back there shooting jumpers. And this is like, I think right before he married his, his uh, future wife, you see her getting rebounds. Like, like, I promise seeing that as a kid growing up in Cleveland. Um, so, yeah, everything's tight-lipped about the money at, at the press conference. But life goes on, and we move on to uh, June 17th, 1990. The NBA Finals is going on during this time. The Pistons and the Trailblazers are playing. And Pistons general manager actually is asked about Danny Ferry while his team is playing in the finals. And they actually went on to win their second straight championship. Jack McCloskey is the general manager of the Pistons, and he's very high on Danny Ferry. He said, I told Wayne Embry, who's the Cavs general manager, that if Danny Ferry doesn't work out in Cleveland, we will gladly take him off the Cavaliers' hands. He is going to be a fine player. I like him because he understands the game. He plays like a guy who has been in the league for four or for five or six years because he's been playing with pros since he was in high school. He's not a great rebounder, but he's an excellent shooter. He will be an excellent addition to that team. Bulls Vice President of Basketball Operations Jerry Krause believes that Danny Ferry will help the Cavs and uh, play multiple positions on the team. Krause said, the thing I like about him is that he is very smart. He will make others around him better. He is a great passer, and I don't use the, use the word great that very much. He is a bird type of player. He doesn't have blazing speed, but it's good enough. He believes that Danny Ferry uh, will actually make an immediate impact when he gets on the team. So while everybody's excited and, and waiting to see what Danny Ferry will contribute, there is a player on the Cavaliers team it's like, hold on, guys, not so fast. He's a small forward by the name of Chucky Brown. Chucky Brown actually played against Danny Ferry in college. Danny Ferry competed for Duke. And Chucky Brown played for North Carolina State. And both teams are competitors in the ACC, which is the biggest basketball conference in college basketball in the United States. Chucky Brown said, I'm not giving anything to anybody. They'll have to give the job to him. But I won't give it to him if I'm still here. I'm not going to lay down and relax. If they want me to play off the bench, no problem. But I'm going to play hard. So he's looking like, you know what? Danny Ferry's coming in here. Everybody's excited about it. But my job is to win this starting job. And I'm going after it. So while most people think, okay, they traded their star guard, Ron Harper, for Danny Ferry. Danny Ferry will probably be starting. Um, most people are thinking that one reason to believe that Chucky Brown will be the starter is because Chucky Brown is actually quick enough to play against small forts and their hopes is for Danny Ferry to be the small fort because they already have two very talented power forts in John Hot Rod Williams and Larry Nance. The problem with Ferry playing small forward is that during this time in the NBA, you have very, very quick small forts like Dominique Wilkins. Um, you have another player like James Worthy. You got um, other guys around the league that can move their feet. And Danny Ferry isn't known for doing such things. 
So Wayne Embry, the general manager, once again talks about uh, Danny Ferry guarding uh, players like Dominique Wilkins and James Worthy. And he says they have to guard him, too. Danny can spread the floor. We've never had a forward who can shoot consistently from his range. He can also play inside. Another vote of confidence uh, from Wayne Embry. Uh, once again, just standing firm on the trade that he made because, you know, as people get information, it's like, hold on, wait a second. Um, how is this guy who's not super fast, who is, um, you know, kind of tall and, 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 you know, but he's not strong. So, so where is he going to fit? He's, he's not strong enough to play power forward. He's not fast enough to play small forward. Where is he going to fit? But, but Wayne Embry, once again, is defending the position of making the trade and that, you know, Danny Fury is going to be okay. Um, finally, June 24th, money is talked about. And the New York Post report, reports that Danny Ferry's contract is for 10 years, $36 million. And when they report that, um, of course, Wayne Embry is asked about it. And the word is no comment. As usual, <laughs> Cavaliers not really openly discussing uh, business like that. Now, here's the thing, too, that back during those times, you know, I remember growing up in the 80s. Um, People didn't really openly talk about how much money they made. Like now, you know, folks ask, oh, how much money are you making? People talk about it and it's like no big deal. Back then, who you voted for and how much money you made was kind of intimate. And people didn't really share those views and share, share that information with folks, especially if they didn't know you. All right. So um, Wayne Embry says, no comment. We don't comment on contracts. Uh, Ferry's contract at the time um, hadn't actually been filed. By the play um, with the players' association, so there was no hard record. That ten-year, thirty-six million-dollar figure was a rumor. As at that moment, it was just a rumor at the moment. But uh, by June 29th, nineteen ninety, the Play Dealer reported that the contract was actually thirty-four million dollars for ten years and not thirty-six. However, there was a one million-dollar signing bonus. Um, so that kind of inflated the contract a little bit. But the contract broke down like this. Um, the first season, 1990-91, he would make $2 million, plus he had a signing bonus. Uh, the 92 season, the 91-92 season, he would make $2.2 million. The 92-93 season, he'd make $2.5 million. Uh, the 94 season, he would make $3 million. And the 95 season, he would make $3.3 million. Um, and then from 1996 to 2000, he'd make $4 million a year. Okay? So a player during that time, um, the average NBA salary was around $800,000. Uh, there was no player in Cavs history who had ever made that much money um, prior to Danny Ferry. Danny Ferry hadn't played one lick of basketball in the NBA, and he's already... Um, the highest player paid player at the moment on the team. Now, Hot Rod Williams would sign a contract shortly after that, and that put him above Danny Ferry as far as um, being the highest paid player on the team. But Danny Ferry was the second highest player at the start of the season, highest paid player at the start of the season. Um, and in 19, these are some contracts that were signed um, in 1985. Patrick Ewing, when he first got to the league, signed a 10-year, $33 million deal. And uh, in 1987, David Robinson, 
signed an $8 million, $26 million deal. Chris Mullen, in 1989, after playing a few seasons, uh, proved himself, and he signed a nine-year, $25 million deal. And Michael Jordan, in 1989, has signed a seven-year, $2.4 million deal. Now, think about it. Michael Jordan, who is seen by many as the best player in the NBA at the time, is in the midst of a seven-year, $24 million deal. Okay? Danny Ferry coming in the league is making $10 million, $34 million. That's something to be like, you know, a lot of people I'm sure were scratching their heads and it had to put immense pressure on Danny Ferry. As the summer rolls on, July 24th, Danny Ferry drops out of rookie camp due to tendonitis in the knee. Uh, Coach Lenny Wilkins says, right now I'm not concerned. It's um, if this were veterans camp in October, it would be different. After Danny went out of practice, um, he had ice on his knee and he said that he he could play again. But uh, Lenny Wilkins is like, why risk it right now? So now the word is getting out that Danny Ferry has tendonitis of the knee. You already have a fan base that's like, hold on. Once again, we traded Rob Harper. You guys aren't giving us the most. Uh, glowing news on if Danny Ferry's that guy, but you're paying him a lot of money and he has an injury too. Oh no. So, um, Ferry says that it's frustrating. Um, he said if it was a game heat play, I play on the knee, I played on the knee a lot, uh, for the last month or so in Italy. I never had this before. And I just wanted to be cleared up, is what he told the media. Uh, coach, not coach, but trainer, Gary Briggs, he said that the trouble is in Europe, the medicine isn't the best. So they told him to just stay off the leg uh, when he got hurt. But he said that that caused Danny Ferry's quad to atrophy. Um, so when he did play, that put more pressure on the knee. And it caused tendonitis to get worse. Um, at first, it hurt him below the kneecap. Now the pain is more on top. And he said that this uh, shouldn't be something that lingers on. So now the speculation is, okay, Cavaliers, you're paying this guy more than anybody you've ever paid you know, in team history that hasn't dribbled a basketball on an NBA court yet. But now he has tendonitis. Did you know this before you signed him to this record contract? And uh, the trainer, Gary Briggs, he claims that the tendonitis didn't show up until after the contract was signed. Uh, Gary Briggs said he told us about soreness in the knee, but the tendonitis really didn't show up until we began uh, working out sometime in the middle of June. The muscles around the knee were already weak. The workouts caused stress on the tenders, which caused the tendonitis. On the tendons, I should say, which caused the tendonitis. Ferry said that he had knee problems starting uh, in March of 1990 when he was playing in Italy. Um, but that was never reported. Like, no one had ever written about that publicly I, from what I could find. Um, Danny Ferry said, I really think it all started because of the courts over there. They are so much harder than the courts over here. He said, I started favoring it. And uh, it started to atrophy. My left leg on at the knee is probably an inch smaller 
than my right knee. It bothers me when I push off of it. It's the last thing people want to hear. Um, <laughs> the last thing people want to hear. But at the same time, it's tendonitis, um, which a lot of players deal with. Um, and, you know, they kind of keep moving. But still, you're looking like, hey, we got this new guy. We've waited for him. Is he hurt? Oh, no. Now we fast forward to October 9th, 1990, and it's the start of training camp. So now, instead of being around the rookies and the free agents hoping to make the team, he's with the people who are going to be on the team. Craig Elo, a person that we've mentioned earlier who uh, had to replace Ron Harper at the shooting guard position and, um, you know, has been very vocal since the trade, um, actually he was surprised by Danny Ferry's um, toughness. So what Craig Elo said is uh, two things surprised me about him. One, he is much more aggressive than I thought. I heard he was soft. His rebounding surprises me. He's not afraid to go under the basket and block out. Opposing teams are, are going to have to respect him all over the court. One problem in the past is that teams have doubled Brad Doherty in the middle. And Brad Doherty, once again, is the center of the Cavs. He said, I don't think they will be able to do that much right now with Danny Ferry on the team. Mark Price, the team's all-star guard, also um, felt good about having Danny Ferry around. And Mark Price was another person vocal about the Ron Harper trade, heartbroken about the Ron Harper trade. Um, he's, he's, he had to say this. He said, Danny Ferry will be a very good player. He's got a great attitude. He works hard. He wants to win. And it's obvious he wants to be on a winner. His attitude is the same as ours. It should make for a very good marriage. Brad Doherty, uh, the all-star center on the team, he said, Danny is really cerebral. He moves the ball around well. He's smart, and that will make up for things he can't do. The other thing I like about him is that he is a real confident player. Plain Dealer news reporter Burt Graff had good news and bad news while seeing Danny Ferry during uh, camp. Uh, the good news is that he's not showing any effects of the tendonitis that took him out of the rookie camp. Um, and he said that he's knocking down corner shots. But he said that Danny Ferry is having a tough time creating his own shot near the basket. Ferry, on his own uh, opinions of his, uh, of his performance in camp, says that I've still got a lot to learn and I know it. I am nowhere near the point where natural instincts take over and that's where I want to be. I feel I have competed so far. He said that he's fortunate to be around so many good players who will cover up his mistakes. So the good thing for Danny Ferry is that he's around a lot of supportive players. And, and this Cavs team, you know, like I said, like they played like nice guys because they generally were nice guys. You really didn't have anybody on the team that was like uh, Mercurial or, you know, was bad in the locker room. And even like Ron Harper, where they got rid of him, but he wasn't bad in the locker room. Everybody on his team pretty much got along, supported each other. And that was a good thing for Danny Ferry to be around. Um, instead of having maybe a locker room leader that would like chew him out and dog him. And maybe that would have brought something out of him as well. But um, the the media and the fans uh, probably were harder on him than his teammates. 
And that's something that you would think wouldn't happen because he's getting paid more than all these guys who have been proven players. But they were very supportive of him and they weren't sweating his money. So now it's October 13th and it's the day of the Cavs' first exhibition game against the Spurs. And Danny Ferry is said to be getting a lot of run in practice with the starters. Craig Elo, Larry Nance, who's an all-star, um, Mark Price, and Brad Doherty. Uh, the coach, Lenny Wilkins, isn't quite sure what his starting lineup is going to be at the start of the season. But for right now, that's looking like it's heading that way. Mark Price... He said that with the addition of Danny Ferry, I think we're, we've got one of the better front lines in the league. Lenny Wilkins said, I'm not here to baby anyone. I'm not afraid to put him out there, and I never will be. Talent will dictate how much anyone plays, and in my mind, there is no question that he will be an effective player. All right, so we go to the first exhibition game. The first exhibition game is against the San Antonio Spurs. The Cavaliers actually lose that game. And Danny Ferry shoots 4 for 7 with 10 points. Uh, he started that game. The Cavs lost 104 to 97. Ferry had two rebounds, five fouls, 10 points uh, in 28 minutes of action. He got two fouls in the first six minutes and was outscored 7 to nothing by Sean Elliott, who was also drafted the same year as Danny Ferry, but chose to play in the NBA his rookie season, while Danny Ferry chose to play in Italy his first season. Um, Danny Ferry's first basket actually came in the second quarter of that preseason game, and it actually was a slam dunk. And Danny Ferry said he was very excited to play that game. Now, the reason why I point out that his first basket was a slam dunk is because throughout his career, you probably count on one hand, one hand how many times, especially with the Cavs, how many times he actually got a slam dunk in a game. It was rare. And he's a player that's six foot ten, but once again, he played more of a finesse style. He played away from the basket. He really wasn't, um, you know, trying to bang on anybody in the post and, and slam dunk on them. So the fact that his first basket was a slam dunk is a is a um, trivia question that a lot of people would probably get wrong. <laughs> they probably would guess that maybe he had a layup or something like that. Or a jump shot. The Cavs' second preseason game was October 18th, and it was a 111-103 loss to the Phoenix Suns. Danny Ferry also started that game. He shot 5-4-11, and um, he scored all 14 of his points in the first half, and he fouled out in the fourth quarter. So um, he had five fouls his first exhibition game and uh, fouled out in his second. So the fouls are an issue here. On uh, October 20th, the third preseason game, Danny Ferry had 10 points, six rebounds in 23 minutes, shots three of six and had four fouls. And this was another loss to the San Antonio Spurs where they lost 109 to 92. So they actually um, lost even worse this game than they did the first game. October 21st, the Cavs lose again, this time to the Milwaukee Bucks, and they beat the Cavs 126 to 96. Danny Ferry shoots 5 of 16, uh, played 30, 30 minutes, had 4 turnovers, 11 points. 
Now, this game actually was in Los Angeles. Um, why? I think during that time period, like you would have teams playing in different cities. Um, this might have been part of a double header in L.A. Um, so both teams actually, neither one was an L.A. team. But what happened during that game is that there were fans that were from L.A. that were in the arena that remembered that instead of Danny Ferry coming to play for the Clippers after he was drafted, he decided to play in Italy. Um, and they remember that, and they felt that he actually rejected the Clippers, so they booed him every time he touched the ball, every time his name was called, every time he took a shot. He, he was public enemy number one that night. And so... Uh, he didn't respond well to it. Ferry said, it was not a good day. I made poor decisions with the ball. I let myself get frustrated. Head coach Lenny Wilkins said, uh, we all wanted to come together, but it has to come together as a team. Danny, Danny wants to play well. I hope he is a good enough player where he would not let whatever happened to him tonight affect him. So, yeah, it was a tough situation. Uh, him actually going to L.A. for the first time and competing. And he let it rattle him. So we'll see how he rebounds. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. On October 23rd, the Cavs continue their losing ways in their first home exhibition game. They lose to the Suns 119-114. And in this game, Danny Ferry kind of hits rock bottom. He shoots one for nine, scored five points, had seven rebounds in 20 minutes. Also in this game... Chucky Brown, um, remember him, the person who said he will not give Danny Ferry anything. He's going to fight for that starting position. He has a game where he scored 24 points, made 11 of 14 shots, grabbed seven rebounds in 39 minutes. Um, he's shooting at the time in his first five exhibition games. He's shooting 70%. I believe in Danny Ferry's, um, at least in his, First three exhibition game, he was shooting 50%, which isn't bad at all. But after that, it, he went downhill. Um, Ferry is described by a reporter as tentative. Cotton Fitzsimmons, who at the time is the head coach of the Sun, said the Cavaliers will be fine just as soon as Danny Ferry loosens up a bit and goes um, back to playing the way he played at Duke. Right now, I think he's um, feeling the pressure. And he hasn't been here long enough. Now, the good thing for Danny Ferry is during that time, the fans were, were supporting him. And every time he was open, they're like, shoot it, shoot it. So he wasn't hearing any like boo birds or anything like that from the home crowd. They were excited to see him and they really were supporting him and wanting him to do well. After the less than flattering premiere and debut at home, uh, head coach Lenny Wilkins said that Danny is always hustling. The biggest thing he needs is experience at this level. We have to get him over the hump of inexperience. He's going to be a fine player. No question about that. I think he's anxious right now. When you're anxious, you try too hard. Danny uh, said that he said, I'm not real happy about the way I played the last couple of games. I think I was making progress before that. The crowd reaction was nice. Hopefully, they'll stay with me if they see I'm working hard. At the same time, I have to play better. I'm capable of it, and I'll do it. I know I'm a good player. My expectations are high. 
their expectations are high, but it's going to, it's not going to happen overnight. Prior to the next exhibition game, uh, Danny Ferry revealed that the coaches are encouraging him to shoot first and pass second. And uh, he said that he was doing it the other way. He said that he did the same thing the first year he played at Duke, where he was tentative, not as aggressive as a scorer his first season. Um, as far as feeling the pressure of replacing Ron Harper, which um, Phoenix Suns coach uh, Cotton Fitzsimmons kind of picked up, Danny Ferry said, I don't feel any pressure to replace Harper. I just want to be a good player and help this, help this team. So on October 25th, the Cavaliers finally win the exhibition game. They take on the Washington Bullets, um, who are now the Wizards. The Bullets are struggling. They're 0-6, or they dropped to 0-6 after the game. The game is played in Cincinnati, Ohio. And Danny Ferry actually scores 14 points in 16 minutes, and he shoots 7 of 8. Once again, the score is 116-104. to Also in that game is uh, Purvis Ellison, who was drafted first uh, ahead of Danny Ferry the previous year. And he's also um, the logo of this show. Uh, if you ever see the icon of it while you're searching for it in your favorite streaming um, <laughs> catchers or whatever. Podcast catchers, I should say. So, yeah, the Cavs get on the board and, and get a win. And they follow that up on October 28th with another win. This time, the Cavs win over the Boston Celtics, who at this time, uh, they're still pretty good. You know, they're not the team they were in the mid-80s when they were winning NBA championships, but they're still the playoff team and uh, one of the top teams in the East to be respected. This game they played, though, uh, Larry Bird did not take the court. And a lot of people was interested to see how Danny Ferry would do against Larry Bird since he's compared to him so much. Nonetheless, uh, Danny Ferry actually did not have a super game in the Cavs' win. He actually played 14 minutes, had five fouls, collected zero rebounds, scored two points, and shot one for five. His ex-teammate in Italy uh, was back with his old team, the Celtics, and uh, that's Brian Shaw, who we mentioned uh, when we talked about Danny Ferry being in Italy on the previous episode. Brian Shaw had 14 points, and um, he was averaging 13 points per game and seven assists during the preseason. So his preseason is going along swell. Danny Ferry's preseason, on the other hand, not so much. Um, Wilkins comes out of the game. Coach Wilkins comes out of the game liking what he sees out of Chucky Brown and liking him as a starter with Hot Rod Williams, Brad Doherty, Mark Price, and Craig Elo. He says he likes the quickness of that lineup, and he says he's still experimenting, so he hasn't totally made up his mind. In the first seven preseason games that Danny Ferry played, he averaged 9.1 points per game, 3.6 rebounds, shot 45%, and committed 30 fouls. 30 fouls. Um, an anonymous scout who was watching Ferry said that Danny Ferry was having problems defending quicker players uh, on the floor. Tommy Heinzen, a Boston Celtics legend, of course, was there watching the Celtics play. He probably was broadcasting the game. Um, 
He's he played for the Celtics, coached the Celtics, and has broadcasted the Celtics. He's been a part. The Celtics have won 17 championships, and Tommy Heinsohn has been in the organization for every single one of them. Um, Tommy Heinsohn said that um, he questioned if Danny Ferry was worth the three million dollars per year that he's um, getting paid, and he said that he doesn't look like it tonight. <laughs> Tommy Heinsohn is a guy that's going to speak his mind, and he does not care. And he can be wrong. He does not care. He'd be right. He does not care what you think. He's just going to say what he feels to be um, what he, you know, what what he sees. So you got to respect that. Um, so, yeah, he, he wasn't a big fan of seeing Danny Ferry play the first time around. On October 29th, the Cavs lose again to the Bucks. This is the final preseason game of the year. They lose 90 to 83. Danny Ferry shoots four for four. Scores 11 points in 26 minutes, and this game was in Columbus, Ohio. So in seven games, Danny Ferry started four times during the preseason. He left averaging 9.6 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, uh, shot 48% from the field in 23 minutes per game. Um, so Danny, uh, Coach Lenny Wilkins actually said that he was pleased with the actual exhibition play of Danny Ferry. Uh, November 1st, the Plain Dealer reports that Wilkins feels Ferry is more comfortable at power forward and feels he may be overloaded, um, that the Cavs are actually overloaded at the position. So, you know, Lenny Wilkins is not an idiot. Uh, he's a very, very smart basketball mind. He's, you know, he won an NBA championship in the 1979 season with the Seattle Supersonics. Uh, one of the winningest coaches in NBA history. He's been around the game, was a great point guard, Hall of Famer, as a, both a player and a point guard. So a player and a coach, I should say. So he knows the game. Um, watching Danny Ferry just didn't feel comfortable any longer with Ferry playing the small forward position. And remember, he thought initially that Danny could be able to play positions two through five. Now he's saying, nah, he's probably just a power forward. Um, Wayne Embry said the decision to trade Ron Harper for Danny Ferry, he's still having to answer these questions. So once again, that shows you just the heaviness of this trade, um, where it's the trade was made in 89 of November, and now we're in uh, 1990 November, um, and he's still answering questions. But he said that the decision to trade Harper for Ferry was made throughout the organization from ownership all the way down to Lady Wilkins. So the Cavs are kind of standing firm and showing like a united front when it comes to who was responsible for getting rid of Ron Harper. Nobody wants to take the blame. <laughs> um, and so it's just like, hey, yeah, we're all in on this and we all believe in it. And yes, yeah, it's, it's like a there's an anger uh, amongst fans that disagreed with the trait. And the Cavs are lucky that there was no like Twitter no social media. All you could do back during those days was write a letter to the um, newspaper, pretty much, and hope that it got published to, to kind of address your uh, concerns about the team. And there was like a there was sports talk radio, but it wasn't quite like 24 seven. So you had sports talk radio shows um, the all sports radio station that that came into play, it probably was like in its first year or so, 
when Danny Ferry came to town. Uh, it was relatively new, um, and it would grow. Uh, WKNR actually it would grow into like one of the bigger stations in the city, but at first, you know, it was it was new, so you didn't have a place where you can constantly voice your opinion and and you know the uh, the uh, the um, franchise could hear concerns of people left and right, but the feeling of uneasiness. Uh, after kind of seeing Danny Ferry doing a preseason, it was there and they know it. So they have to constantly, Wayne Embry, um, the pretty much the voice of the office has to constantly defend the, uh, trade and defend Danny Ferry's, uh, progress and position on the team. So this wraps up, uh, this part, which is part two of the Danny Ferry, the trade, um, we talk about during this episode of the preseason. Next episode, we're going to talk about his first full season with the Cavaliers. What happened? Uh, the, the the highs, the lows, all of that. Um, just revisiting an interesting time in Cleveland sports history uh, with my basketball cards. Um, so the card that we talk about on this episode is actually Danny Ferry's first uh, hoops card, which is a part of the 90-91 series. Um, it's the 90-91 series of hoops is actually um, unique, like like not unique. It's different than the first. The first se- series, it was like a white background, and the second the second year was like a silver background. And actually, I like the first year better. Um, the second year, kind of, I don't know, the cards seem like more mass produced and cheap, but nonetheless, we still were buying them. <laughs> we still liked hoops. Um, so yeah, Danny Ferry's first hoops card is actually, he's not in a uniform. He's like in, in a, a shirt. Looks like he's just talking, uh, because I guess during that time he, he probably either wasn't in the States or he had just got back to the States and he hadn't, uh, he may not have even signed a contract. I'm not sure. He's just not in a uniform. And that's like probably the only hoops card where um, a player isn't dressed. Uh, Now they, they did have cards where like, if you got drafted, they took a picture of you in your suit with the team's cap on that, that selected you on draft day. They had those for like some of the rookies, but Danny Ferry is just like in like street clothes. And like I say, he looks like he's talking to a reporter or something. Um, So it's different uh, for him. So, yeah, that card is actually worth 50 cents. Um, So it's probably like the least valued card that we've uh, reviewed so far. I'm going to wrap this episode once again by saying that... These episodes, uh, even though they may come across as a little harsh on Danny Ferry, are not meant for that. We're just talking about history. We're talking about what happened during that time period. And I cannot say it enough. I am and was a big Danny Ferry fan. I really appreciated his uh, career and what he was able to do. So, like I said, we'll talk about on the next episode his uh, first season. What went wrong, what went right, and all of that. On the next episode of My Basketball Cards, thank you for listening. Check us out on Twitter at Rebel Life Media. 
and um, leave your comments. And if you if you have any ideas, any views on the show, please share them. Thank you.